So today we're going to continue in the series that we've been on, which we've titled Chasing Lions. And we've been studying the lives of some of King David's mightiest men. One of them being a guy named Benaiah. That's where we kind of drew our title from for this series. See, Benaiah was a mighty man. He was a man who went into a lion's territory, into its territory, and he overcame it. He slayed it for the purpose of getting through, accomplishing what God had anointed him to do. And see, David's mightiest men were men of great faith. They were men that, uh, whose faith was fueled with great courage. And it produced in them the ability to win. And I know that for some of us, when we hear that, we disassociate ourselves with that. We see what the scriptures say as, oh, well, that's Benaiah's story. But I'm here to tell you today, I'm here to speak to your heart. I'm here to encourage your faith. I'm here to stir up the gift in you that God is not turning away from, that he is faithfully still true to work in and through your life. I'm here to remind you that you are stronger than you know. I'm here to remind you that you are an overcomer. And I'm here to remind you that the reason why the scripture says that you are more than a conqueror is because there is more for you to conquer in Christ. Amen? Come on now, let's give God some praise here today. See, we can overcome, and we have great examples. In this series, I don't have time to get into it, but we learned a couple of things. Week one, we learned that we must be courageous when faced with obstacles by facing them. There's only one way to overcome, ladies and gentlemen. It's to go through it. You got to walk through it with God. Amen? Week two, we learned that in every challenge, there exists an opportunity that we must seize so that we can overcome. In every trial, there's an opportunity. Don't miss the opportunities and the doors and the growth and the exercising of your faith that God wants to enact through your life by running away from challenges. Face them with God. In week three, we learned that it takes faithfulness. The truth is this, that it takes faith to believe in God, but it takes faithfulness to live in his purposes. And if we are to overcome, we must understand that we can't just faith it. We can't just blab it and grab it. We have to put legs to our faith and walk in it. We have to act according to what the scriptures say and do what the, what the word instructs us. Amen. And then last week, Pastor Annette dropped some bombs in here. Man, she, 20 different times she could have threw that mic and we were done. But last week we learned that you have to fix your focus. And what we saw last week was David allowed his mindset to drift from his assignment to his comforts. And he became momentarily distracted, and we must starve distractions, and we must feed our focus on God. Well, today, we're picking up where Pastor Annette left off last week, and we're going back to David in this cave in Adullam. It was a place where he was taking refuge from King Saul because King Saul was looking to kill him. But it was also, while he was there, he was also surrounded by a vast enemy which was the Philistines that were in the same area. And so I want us to look to another portion of Scripture, a portion of Scripture that provides us insight, greater insight, into what was going on while David was in this cave with his mighty men. Let's look to 1 Samuel chapter 21. We're going to start at verses 1 and 2. It says, David left Gath, and he escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. Now listen closely to this. All those who were in distress or in debt or discontented 
gathered around him, and he became their commander. About 400 men were with him. Now what we see here is that while David was in this cave, men from all over Israel began to come to him. They came to this cave, and the scripture tells us that 400 of the eventual 600 men that he would amass, that would come under his leadership in this time of trial, that 400 of these men come to the cave. They join his ranks. And it's crucial for us to understand the state of mind that these men were in when they came to David. Listen, the scripture says that they were in distress. Some of them were in debt. And others were discontented. And I want us to consider something directly from the scriptures. That while these men came under David's leadership, seeking uh, a solution to their problems with a hope that their problems would dissipate. The reality is that while they were doing that, they were also running from those same problems. I want you to hear what God is going to point us to in a second. I want you to consider this. Today I want to speak to you directly from the scriptures. And again, I invite you to lean into God and his word. Not anything I have to say. Consider the scriptures as we discuss the topic today, when lions chase you. When lions chase you. I believe that this is a prophetic word. I, I believe that every word from God's word is prophetic. I believe that it has the power to change us, to transform us, to uplift us, to lead us, to teach us, to guide us, to encourage us, to strengthen us. Anybody in need of that today? Come on now. We can all use it more and more. And I love what Pastor Nett was saying, and I'm, and I'm just going to encourage you, come on out this Wednesday night to our first Wednesday service. We're going to be changing some things around going forward. Uh, starting this Wednesday, but moving forward, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We're not going to be calling it First Wednesdays anymore. We're going to call it some upper room nights. We're going to take some time to really worship, to dig in, to praise. But more than that, listen, I'm not talking about singing songs. I'm talking about going after the presence and the truth of God. Amen. We're going to take some time to pray, to minister, to listen to God's word, but to really just go there, you and God personally. Amen. So make sure you're here on Wednesday because what I love that Pastor Nett said was enough is enough. And that's actually what I'm going to be speaking about on Wednesday. Because enough is enough. If God is for you, who can be against you? How, how can we deviate from that? Right? And so getting back to, to these guys that are in the cave with David, I believe that we can all identify with these men. I'm going to tell you why I say that. Because we've all been in that place where we've been running from something. We've all been there. Don't let the pastor try to fool you. Been there. Done that. Maybe you're there now. Maybe you'll find yourself there at some point. Listen, this mind goes in some, 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 some you know, it takes some detours. And we got to be real about this. But I want us to consider something that when we go back there, when we feel like we're being chased by fears and worries and negative thoughts and hurts and memories and maybe the sting of betrayal, maybe it's the current difficulties, those responses all begin in the past. Hear what I'm saying. All these responses come by way of conditioning. 
They're learned. It's mental muscle memory working itself out. You've been there at one point. You've experienced something, and you go back there. We go back there to those feelings. Last time this happened, I was betrayed before. I refused to be betrayed again. I was hurt before. I refused to be hurt again. It didn't work last time. Why try this time? And I want you to consider this, that it leaves us stuck. We're living in the present while reliving the past. It's backwards living. And while we're stuck running from the lions that chase us, here's what we don't realize. It's that we're carrying them. The very things that are chasing you are the very things that you're carrying. How's that for dysfunctional? <laughs> right? You see, you see how warped that belief and that thinking is? It's like the hamster on a wheel who keeps running with all its might, but it goes nowhere fast because it refuses to let, to let go of the hamster wheel. It refuses to jump off that moving train. And we learn something valuable with the example of these men, that unless you let go, the very thing you're running from becomes the thing you run after. I'm going to say that again. Unless you let go, the very thing that you're running from becomes the thing you run after. The past that you're running from becomes the future you chase because you're still carrying the hurts, the betrayals, the fears, the failures, the current problems. And it's because we never give ourselves the chance to let go and let God show us his ways, which are higher, which are so much better than ours. Amen? Now, the truth is this, that you can break the cycle. We can all break this cycle. Why? Because we have to consider the truth in the words of Jesus. Reading from the Amplified Version in John 8, 36, Jesus says this, So if the Son makes you free, watch this, then you are unquestionably free. Unquestionably free. There's no room for doubt there. See, the problem is that some of us may have forgotten which side of freedom we're actually on. Let me ask you a question. And if this is you, then you be loud and proud about it online. You be loud and proud. Type, do whatever you got to do. Do a crazy praise, get a shimmy, whatever you got to do. But let me ask you a question. Is there anyone here? Are you in Christ? Oh, wait, whoa. Wait, I'm in the wrong place. Oh, I get it. You're all online. Okay. Let's try this again. Is there anyone in Christ in this house today? Right? So get this. If you are in Christ, the scripture doesn't say, if the Son will set you free, then someday you'll be free. It's not what it says at all. It actually says, if the Son makes you free, then you are unquestionably free. Some of us read that scripture, we hear that scripture like a question. We interpret and, and we understand if the Son sets you free. Well, I don't know if, if that's true. But what you don't know is that that statement that Jesus made was emphatic. And the reason why some of us question it is because we fail to realize what the verse before it says. Let me read it to you. John 8.35 says this, No, now a slave has no uh, no permanent place in the family. Watch this. 
but a son belongs in it forever. Let me tell you why you are free unquestionably. Let me tell you why you are free indeed. Let me tell you why you can step off the hamster wheel. Let me tell you why you can't break the cycle and make a decision for something different and something new and experience better results with God. Let me tell you why. Because you are no longer a slave to the lions that once chased you. You don't have to live in trauma. You don't have to live in the hurt. You don't have to live with the failures of the past. You don't have to keep reliving that. Listen, you are a son and daughter who has the right to be free. So why not be free indeed from this day forward? Amen? Come on now. Let me remind you that 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, do I have anyone? If anyone is in Christ, then watch this. He is a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. Now get this. You are a new creation. But God says in his word. I say God says in his word. Not me. He says the new is here. You ever do like me? And I hate to say this, but this has happened to me more often than I'd like to admit. You ever lose your keys? And then come to find out that you actually had them the whole time, right? Where's my keys? Where'd you put my keys? Why are you touching my keys? Who moved my keys? And then you realize you were carrying them the whole time. I'll tell you why I share that with you. Because my point with that is that the key to your freedom from the lions that you believe chase you is realizing that your new beginning and your change is already here. See, as Christians, we're not trying to become better for Christ. Our aim is not to become better people. You know what our aim actually is according to the scriptures? It's to discover who we already are and the new creation that we've already become. Now, you got to go back and chew on that because God did his part. This is why the scripture tells us that we are to renew our minds. That's how we experience transformation. See, you're already new. But the transforming power of that working itself out in our lives happens as this mind becomes anew to the truth of what's already new in you. Amen? And so for the next couple of moments that I have here, I want to leave you with some things that I believe can help us all to put an end to the chase. The lines that we, we believe chase us and the ones that we're chasing in the process. You know, the first thing I want to leave you with is probably going to, you can, you know, what is this? What is he talking about? But you have to eat the frog. Yeah, I, I kind of figured I would get that response, right? What? How did we go from lions to frogs, right? Let me tell you what I mean. Mark Twain once said this. He said, "It's your job." I, I'm sorry. If it's your job to eat uh, a frog, it's best to do it first thing in the morning. And if it's your job to eat two frogs. It's best to eat the biggest one first. Now, let me unpack that for you. The premise behind this quote, this saying, is that the frog is that one thing that you must do that you have absolutely no motivation to do and you're most likely to procrastinate on because it's the hardest thing to do. I don't want to eat this frog. I don't want to swallow that pill. 
I don't want to pursue that necessary thing in order to go where God is telling me. Have you ever thought about this? That when the scripture says, when Paul says, I am, I've been crucified with Christ, that he was talking about eating the frog, about addressing those things that were hardest, letting go of those things that were hardest, doing that which was hardest. Why? Because following Christ is so worth it. And I'm here to tell you that very thing that you run from, that you know God is showing you, that very call that God has placed on your life, that you keep making excuses for why you're not doing it, or you keep looking to people to do it for you. That frog, you have to eat it. You got to swallow that one. Why? See, eating the frog is about getting to the place where you just do it. Otherwise, here's what really happens. The frog eats you. Meaning that you'll end up procrastinating and wasting away the remainder of your life. Let, let me remind us that the scripture says that the day will come where our lives and what we did with Jesus and everything that he called us to will be weighed out. And I don't know about you, but I want to be numbered amongst those that God says, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't want to be the guy that took what God showed me. I pray that you don't have the desire to be that person that wasted away the promise of God, the, the, the anointing of God, the gifting of God, the resources that God placed in your hand, and find yourself and, and saying, Lord, I was afraid, and so I dug a hole and I put it there, but here it is what you gave me. The Scripture says that Jesus told that man, you wicked and lazy servant. You did wrong. I equipped you. See, once you eat the frog, here's the beauty of it. From that point forward, life's journey becomes easier because you've already overcome the hardest thing. It's fuel for the journey. It provides momentum. It gives us the ability to face other challenges like David did when he, when he went before Goliath. You ever think about this? David says, <laughs> you come at me. With a sword and a shield, but I come at you with what? In the name of the Lord. David was rehearsing his victories. I beat a lion. I beat a bear. He says, this guy's nothing in comparison to that. You see, when you eat the frog, it gives you fuel to face the bigger things that will come. And when you eat the frog, here's what happens. What appears bigger actually becomes smaller in your sight. Because you know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So if you feel you can't break away from the past or your current problems, here's a hard truth, but a necessary one. It's not that your past problems, it's not that what you've been conditioned to, it's not that your current situations are chasing you, it's that you refuse to let go. Listen, freedom is a choice, but let's be clear on what that choice entails. Freedom is not you setting yourself free, freedom is you letting go and trusting that God knows what he's doing and you following what God is calling you to do. It's a decision. It's a decision. And I believe that I'm speaking to some people today. People that God has been speaking to for some time. 
I believe that there is truly breakthrough that's possible. I believe that today is the day where the captives step out of their cage. I believe that there are some of us that today is when we just say enough is enough. I'm done. I'm going where God is calling me to. I love the way the Apostle Paul frames it in uh, Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. He says, not that I have already obtained all this, or that I've arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But this one thing I do, I forget what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Get this. Paul literally exposes himself before the church. And here's what he says. I haven't arrived. I don't have it all together. That's healthy leadership there. Being honest. Can I tell you, none of us has arrived. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. But here's what I will point out based upon Paul's uh, words. While he had not arrived, he left. And so have you. You made a decision to follow after Christ. And that's so important because when you leave, here's what you begin to do. You begin to look ahead. Thus begins the process of letting go and going somewhere with Christ. Anybody interested in that today? Come on now. We could do better than that. Give God a praise. He is so worthy. Come on now. Come on now. The second point I want to leave you with here today is that you and I are to be mindful of negative self-talk. Let me tell you why. Remember that you are listening. Be mindful of your negative self-talk because you're the one listening. You're the one playing it over. You're the one reliving it. You're the one talking yourself into it. You know, I like, I, I, I can't say that I feel sorry for the devil, but, man, he gets a bad rap sometimes. Let me tell you why. The devil told me. Now, I'm not denying that the devil can't whis- can whispering. Yeah, he can. But you got to understand that the language the devil speaks according to the words of Jesus is this. He called him the father of lies. So get this, he lies. That's his language. He lies. But here's where he's not guilty. He doesn't believe the lie for us. We have to take ownership of the lie. And then we begin to replay it and tell it to ourselves. And we forget. We blame it on the devil, but number one, we're the one regurgitating it over and over again, replaying it over and over again. Right? It's an old record. But we're also the ones that keep listening to it. See, you may have experienced something traumatic at one point in your life. You did suffer loss. You were overlooked. You were hurt. It did happen. You are going through it, whatever, quote, unquote, it is. But you are the one that is reliving it by telling yourself what you've come to believe because of what you went through or what you're going through. Let me ask you a question. 
Are you facing the present with the past? With how you previously learned to respond to things. See, negative self-talk isn't simply a matter of what we tell ourselves. It's deeper. 2 Corinthians 10, starting at verse 4, says this, The weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful, watch this, for the destruction of fortresses. What fortresses? We are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. That happens only in the mind. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. So get this. Our battle is right between our ears. And we want to point fingers at, but you did this and you hurt me and the devil did that and I rebuke you and I, I'm and this and that. We point, we point, we point, and we point. But we don't realize the log in our eyes that's blinding us. Can I, can I just... Talk, talk about eating the frog. Negative self-talk. If that's where you are, own it. But here's what I mean by that. I don't mean to hold on to it. I mean understand that that's the hardest thing you need to address right now and do it. Change it. How do you change it? Leads me to a point that I want to make here. Just a thought that I had. Negative self-talk is an output of the thoughts that you and I input into our minds. It's a ploy of the enemy to pull us backwards. It's an attack on our faith. It's a fortress that we run to that does not provide us any protection. It comes directly against the true knowledge of God. Against the true knowledge of God. Just recently, you know, I was in a hospital. And, 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 I, and I was going through a really trying situation. I was struggling to breathe. And let me tell you, there were times when I had thoughts that I said, is this it? Am I going to die in this room? Is this, is this, is this the end? I'm just being straight up with you. I'm being honest with you. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you part of the saving grace in my life. About a year and a half ago, I made a decision that I was fed up with listening to all the junk Every single thing that was, be thrown, was being thrown at us every single day through media, through different portals. It enraged me. It sickened me. It was, I felt like a weight. And I said, Lord, I can't rely on that information. Now, there's no denying there have been challenges, but listen closely. That did not become my source for truth. There's a difference between facts and truth. And we live and die based on truth. Well, let me tell you, in those moments, had I been, had I undergone that year and a half, just filling myself with that, it would have killed me in that moment. Because I would have gave up. Thank God for his word and the truth. Let me tell you, the devil has tricked too many people by convincing them that it is easier to just live our lives replaying the past in our minds, replaying what we've been conditioned to. 
But if that's how you choose to approach life from this point forward, let me just give you a sobering thought. You'll never get to the rest of your story. You'll stay stuck in the same chapter. Let me just give you just a glimpse of your story. Revelations 21, starting at verse 3, says this, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. My friend, your past story doesn't even factor into the rest of your story. So why keep replaying it? Why? Take that negative, that that self-talk, like the scripture says. It says, we take it captive. In the original Greek, it actually says, we arrest these thoughts. It depicts a forceful action. You can't be passive with negative thinking. You can't be passive with those thoughts that tell you that you are less than, that you have no worth, that what the scripture says about you is a lie. You can't take passively, react passively to the lies of the enemy that he tries to throw at you. Don't you realize that negative self-talk is a tool in the enemy's hand to accuse The scripture calls him the accuser of the brethren. Well, you know what Jesus said? Not guilty. Paid in full. Righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Holy, acceptable. Above and never beneath. The last point I want to leave you with here is this. It's that it takes lions to defeat the lions that chase you. Let me say that again. It takes lions to defeat the lions that chase you. I'm reminded of something in Scripture. The Scripture refers to our Lord and King Jesus as the lion of the tribe of Judah. And I'm reminded of that because, you know, if you're going to overcome lions, it takes a greater lion, a stronger one. You know, the scripture says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. But you know what's powerful about that? If you just go back to John chapter 1, what you'll see is that the son, the solution, the gift of God unto all humanity did not come in all his glory on a cloud. Listen to this. He came as a man. In the form of a man. You know why? Because the lion meets you where you are. Now, let me tell you what I'm getting at by making that statement. The scripture says this in Proverbs 28.1. It says, the wicked flee though no one pursues. But the righteous are as bold as a lion. I want you to hear the word of God. You who have been created in his image... And in his likeness, you who have been redeemed, renewed, restored, transformed, raised up from death to life, 
You bear the very image of your King and your Savior. We bear His image. Hear what I'm saying because some of you ain't getting this. You are a lion and you now walk amongst a tribe of lions in the body of Christ. Come on now. And there's too many, too many in the body that you've lost your voice. You've lost your ability to roar. You've lost your ability, your way to face the one who comes like a roaring lion. He's not even a lion. He's an imposter. He's a fake. But you listen to his lies. And here's what you hear. You hear a roar. It's a lie. Greater is he that is in you. And I know we're talking about Christ, but don't you forget this. That because he's greater, so are you. So are you. And I want to remind you that one of the ways that you can voice, you can find your voice as your new creation, as the new creation that you are, as a lion and a lioness, is this. It's by surrounding yourself with the very people that God is still showing up in the form of people. See, right here, right now, in this place, online, Throughout our services, through everything, you are surrounded with a tribe of lions. You are surrounded with a tribe of lions, and it's time that we stop deferring to counterfeits. That we stop turning to people that aren't even alive in Christ. That you stop looking to WebMD. And diagnosing yourself. See, experts may have an expertise according to their study, but the experts can be wrong. But you know who can't be wrong? God and his word. Come on now. So as we come to a close today, I want to leave you with just some simple things to consider. These aren't in our notes. But how to identify lions among you? Because, you know, even Jesus said that even amongst the body, there will be wolves that will come amongst the sheep. There will be those that will come to destroy the body. So let me give you just some clues on how to identify the lions among you so that you can walk with lions, so that you can rise, so that you can defeat the lions that chase you with the lion who's working among you through people. Lions, here's how you know a lion. A lion, lions have gone through their share of battles. They're experiencing overcoming by faith. You want to surround yourself with people that don't just talk about faith. You want to be walking with people that live by faith. Have won some battles through faith. Doesn't mean they're perfect. Doesn't mean they hold a title. Don't let the bishop, the pastor, the apostle, the deacon, pastor, prophet, don't let none of that impress you. We all bear the same name, child of God. So lions have gone through their share of battles. Lions, they reflect and they remind you of the likeness and the ways of Jesus instead of reflecting and reminding you according to their ways. They point you to the Lion of Judah. They don't point you to themselves. They give God the glory. They don't praise themselves. 
Lions won't run from battles. They don't run from life's battles. They face them with boldness. You want to be surrounded with people that will go shoulder to shoulder with you. That will walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death. Lions, they pull you into the tribe instead of pushing you out of it. Let me just say something. I just need to address something. There are some of us that we resist the body of Christ. We refuse. And you might go, I'm not refusing. Yeah, you are. Anything that keeps us from doing what the Word of God calls us to do is based on a lie. Don't take that up with me. We're called to do what his word calls us to do. Amen. Jesus said this. They'll know you're my, you're my disciples by how you love one another. But if, if you're my disciples, then you'll do what I command you to do. Well, I'll just leave that one right there. It's time to stop running. Running away from lions and start running towards them. God has equipped us. Amen. Lions, lions, lions see the lion in you even when you don't. And they affirm you. They help you discover your identity. When you're telling your sob story about how bad you are and how, how, how much you're stuck and life sucks, they're telling you, yeah, but greater is he that is in you. But the good work that he started in you, he shall complete. But God is faithful, and he will bring you through every single thing. Your story always ends with the victory. Amen. That's it. Done deal. It's written. And lastly, lions, they care and work for the benefit of the tribe. Listen closely. When you walk with lions... When you're amongst lions, I want you to hear this clearly. No one gets left behind. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us and I can't wait to connect with you next week.